Welcome to The Marissa Morrison Show, where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire. I'm Marissa, and I began my business as a 19-year-old, single mom, broke, and in college. Today, I run a seven-figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm. Abundance, peace, joy, and overflowing love are available to you. And I'm here to show you the way to a richer, more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life, and you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. Welcome back to another chapter of my life where I am sharing my deepest, darkest secrets so that you are empowered in your own journey. And in this chapter, this is quite literally probably the darkest moments of my life. It's the parts that I probably wouldn't share and would be ashamed of if I hadn't healed. But since I have healed, my story and these dark moments I am sharing with you as a testimony and as proof that no matter what you're facing, you are going to get through it, that you hold the power to heal because it's in our healing that we transform our lives. And what I mean by this is all of the undealt with trauma was manifested in about a six-month window time. And your life will manifest that way when you don't heal the past. And so for me, I really had to get my life together after the story that I'm about to tell you. But before we get there, I want to give you a little reminder that if you haven't left a review, I would love for you to do so. It would mean the world to me, and it would certainly help to spread this love and light to others. So take a moment right now, leave a review, give a five-star rating, and let's keep moving through the journey. So whenever I left you guys off in the last chapter, I was talking all about, you know, how great things were going, business was booming, like, you know, my kids, I was in school, everything was great. Well, around March of 2010, everything fell apart. All of the hiding, all of the running that I had been doing. I broke down. My husband at the time was physically abusive and verbally abusive. However, it's not about being right in this situation because in actuality, I had attracted this to myself through my running and my hiding and through avoiding the pain of the trauma, right? Even though I had forgiven my dad, I hadn't forgiven myself. And so there was so much within me that was not dealt with. And when we don't heal the past, oftentimes this is the kind of reality that we manifest, exactly the opposite of what we want. Because the way that I acted in what I'm going to share with you here was outside of my true nature. It did not represent what I truly wanted. It actually represented my fear and my smallness and the victimhood mentality that I had adopted way back when. And so at this point, I had attracted a husband that was a lot like my dad. He was abusive like my dad and spoke to me like my dad. 
And I got to a point to where I had enough. Everything in me was begging to be free. My eating disorder was still going on and I had the pressures of business and school and kids and I felt empty. I felt so empty. And so I ran, I left and I wanted attention. I was looking for ways to be full, to be whole. And I did that through getting attention from other men, the attention that I thought that I wasn't getting. And so, you know, I was 20 years old and all of my friends that I had gone to high school with were in college still and had healthy relationship with the bar. But I stayed at a friend's house and or apartment, I should say, and I ended up going out every night. I did not service my clients as much. I kind of left everything and I was hungover every day. I became addicted to alcohol and my eating disorder was more alive than ever before. I was out of control. I had lost sight of what mattered to me and I was moving blindly. So from March until about October, I lived in the bar every night. People at the bar would know me. I was getting attention every night. I was smoking marijuana every day. And I was binging and purging every day. I remember I even had a uh, job at a grocery store. And I remember getting food and going to the bathroom. And that cycle happened literally more than 50 times in one day. I was bleeding out of my throat. My throat was sore all the time. I physically could not keep going. During this time, I even got two DWIs. One of those times I had to stay in jail for three nights because I did not have a ticket that was paid and it was the weekend and so it had to get paid on a business day so I had to wait through the weekend in the jail. And um, the worst part of all of this is that I allowed this to separate me from my children. I chose this instead of being the mom that they needed from me. I abandoned everything. I saw them maybe twice a month, you know, and I was ashamed. I was in darkness. I had lost sight of everything that mattered to me. And it was kind of like that mentality of, you know, well, I did all of that. I ruined it all. So who cares? It's messed up anyway. So I'll just mess it up some more. Have you ever been there when, you know, something didn't go right and you're like, well, screw it all. <laughs> I'm done. That was essentially where I was. And I remember sitting down with my parents, just full of complete shame, you know, and and I told him, I said, you know, I don't know what to do, but I feel like I need help. I just, I was desperate. I came to this moment where I realized this is not the life that I want. This is not how I was raised. You know, I knew that I was raised better than this. My soul deep within was calling to me patiently saying, there's more for you. When you're ready, there's more for you. Are you sure you want this? There's more for you. And so I listened to that call and I went to rehab for the addiction and for the eating disorder. I was there for a little over a month. And there were many beautiful practices in there that helped me begin to connect to myself, 
One practice that I really loved is there was this big wall and it had all of these different types of emotions written out on the wall. And every morning we would sit in a circle and they would say, what emotion are you feeling today? And that practice helped me begin to become awake, to begin to not deny, to not hide. I couldn't hide anymore, you know? When I used the bathroom, the door was open. (laughs) You know, we were learning, they were teaching, and it was a very beautiful experience. And so I'm thrilled to share that ever since rehab, uh, let's see, so 13 years ago, so for the past 13 years, I have not returned to my eating disorder. I was healed wholly at that rehab. And if you are battling with addiction or an eating disorder of any kind, know that there is help. Know that rehab is a good choice. It is a loving choice. It is nothing to be embarrassed about. It is not about anyone else. It is only about you. And the people that work at those facilities, they are there because they care about you and your life. You know, I don't think I would be here today if I didn't go to rehab. And I'm so incredibly thankful that I did. And when I was there, I had a friend who came to see me. It was a male. And because, you know, I still was healing other parts of myself and that's life is, you know, we'll heal certain things as we go, certain traumas, but there's still always healing to be done. And so as I was, you know, going through this, he was essentially my only friend that would come and see me. And I felt lost and hopeless. And so after I got out of rehab, him and I started dating. And before you know it, I was pregnant with baby number three. So by the time I was 23, I had my business thriving again. I was married. I lived in a 900 square foot apartment with two bedrooms and three kids. And I was building my business and things were going really well. I'm thankful that I was able to recover, and I'm thankful that I was able to put my life together. But it was only through me being willing and open to be humble, to let my pride down, to not be right anymore, and to see more possibility for myself. I know there are many people that get stuck there for years, and I'm so thankful. While the eating disorder was seven years, the alcohol was only six months. And so I'm thankful for that. But there's more in my story with addiction to come. (laughs) But with this, when I had my third child, my sweet, sweet Noah, he is my angel, my youngest right now, although I'm going through IVF, so I will have another baby soon, which I am sharing this part because it is a part of what I will be sharing in fertility and about my miscarriage and this journey, because I know there's so many women who are impacted by this journey of fertility and infertility. And so whenever I had my son, I decided that I didn't want any more kids. You know, pretty much all of my pregnancies were just so happen. They weren't on purpose. I know there was a purpose, and it certainly was divinely ordained, but it was not you know, my my choice, although it was, but I know that you know what I mean, because there's nothing that I would change in the world for my beautiful babies, even though they're not babies anymore. 
So I decided to have what's called Esher put into my fallopian tubes. It's basically these coils, these metal coils that go in the fallopian tubes and cause scarring. And so it would prevent pregnancy. And so that's what I had done. And then just moving on from there in my life, things were going really well. Things were going really good. Business was ramping up. I was a pre-med student at this time. I know I kind of jumped ahead last chapter with my business, but I was in a place of giving myself self-compassion. And I really believe that I would not have been able to recover from such darkness if I did not come to a place of self-compassion. If I did not see how I was innocent, I would not have taken greater loving action for myself. And so in that, what I mean is a lot of times in our past, we can get caught up in how we were wrong, how awful we treated someone, or how we were neglecting our true self. And this can hold people back for a long time. Because when you start to degrade yourself in your mind, and that critical voice comes in, It can be really hard to have motivation or to see dreams and believe that you're worthy of it because that cycle of negativity and victimhood is so loud. You can't hear anything else. And so this is where my self-compassion was my healing. Now, this doesn't mean that everything was happily ever after. As you'll see in my journey continuing on is There was still more trauma ahead that I hadn't experienced yet. But at this time, I was definitely connected to my spirituality and my relationship with God and my healing, but also I hadn't yet learned what it meant to heal. The idea of healing was something that was attached to someone else, like God to heal me or the doctor to heal me. It wasn't myself, healing myself. And here on this podcast, we're going to talk more about that because we are co-creators of our life and we have the power to manifest any dream within our hearts. But I hadn't yet discovered and really truly understood this power. And so moving on from here, I'm going to continue to take you on my journey of what my life had in store for me. But whatever you're walking through right now, and whatever you have in the past, this is a moment for you to give yourself compassion, give yourself grace, notice the good. So for example, in my story, I can say, I chose to turn away. And that's enough to be grateful for. That's enough to give myself compassion for. I can also see the little kid that was traumatized by my childhood, that was hurt, that was sad, And I could see that little girl just trying to feel whole. And I can just see her and wrap her up in love and say, you know what, baby girl, you are loved. You don't have to do, be, or have anything. And you're enough. You don't have to live that way anymore. I understand why you did, but we get to move forward in love and compassion And we get to create the life however we want. And so having this conversation with the inner child within is a part of healing. And so wherever you are, 
know that you are right where you need to be, that your journey is perfect for you. And even the pains and setbacks and heartbreaks, they are a part of your champion story because there is another side to this. And in all things that we go through, know that time is a blessing because eventually it will be over. There will come a time when the pain is gone. So celebrate all that you are today. Give yourself compassion for the past and for this moment and know that your life is full of possibility and it all begins with you. I love and adore you and I hope that you're feeling empowered. I hope that you are giving yourself that compassion because you deserve it. And I will see you here next time on The Marissa Morrison Show. Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.